0: Welcome to the Retreat House podcast. I'm your host, Angie Smith. I've invited a friend to the table to share their story. Come and join us. Welcome to the Retreat House Table. I am so glad that you're joining us again for this next episode that we have in our series about spiritual formation. And today we're going to be talking about lament and I wanted to talk about Lament mostly because I hear other people talking about it, and I sometimes feel like I don't exactly know what it is or how to do it, and I thought maybe I'm not the only one, and I was talking to a friend of mine, and we had this great conversation about it, and she talked about some things that she's done. She's a pastor, and I was like, will you come on the podcast and talk about it? And so she agreed to come back again. She was back on episode 37. I am inviting back my friend, Reverend Pastor Alicia (laughs) Vela. Welcome back, Alicia. Thanks.
1: Good to be back.
0: (laughs) So we are, and when you were back on episode 37, you were talking about um, being single in the church. That Mm -hmm. was the episode. That was the topic, if you want to go back and listen to that. But today we're going to talk about lament. Actually, I, I went and looked at the definition of it, and thought that it was really interesting that lament is both a noun and a verb. Mm-hmm. That someone lam- laments, like a woman would lament a loss, I think was the example. But then the lament, the mourning, that is lament, which I was, which was helpful. I sh- probably should have looked at the definition years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a little helpful. <laughs> Maybe just like a little bit. <laughs> So what has been kind of your experience with Lament? Um, yeah, I think not a ton previous to
1: really previous to going to seminary. Like, I don't even mm-hmm. think that it was a word that I was taught in my early like faith development. I came to know Christ as a high school student, and so we learned in youth group all of all sorts of worship and celebration, but there was never really any words for when things were hard or when you were Mm -hmm. um, mourning or grieving. And it wasn't until I was in seminary and taking classes, learning about the Psalms and learning about the Old Testament that I really started to understand what the word lament meant and Mm -hmm. how, how important to our faith journey it is. And I just think it's really... Something that we miss in the church. We rush really quickly to celebration and hope, which is great. Mm. But we skip over a really important piece of the puzzle.
0: It's like we go from confession to celebration.
1: Yeah, exactly. A little bit too quickly. And Mm. I think sometimes we even skip the confession. We just like Mm. sort of name an uncomfortable thing. And then we say, but it's okay because Jesus. Mm. And it is okay because Jesus, but... We have to be able to say the things that come before that.
0: Mm-hmm. The hard.
1: The hard. Mm-hmm. And in the church, especially, I just, I'm not sure we know how to do that corporately. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure we know how to say anything other than our world is broken. We don't talk about why it's broken or mm-hmm. how it's broken.
0: Or how we are contributing to the brokenness of the world.
1: Yeah. And I think sometimes we think if I name it and if I say, that this is broken or that I'm contributing to the brokenness, that I'm taking all of that ownership onto myself or onto us. And we think that that's not, that's not fair or that's not right. Like we think, oh, we just fell into this system or we just, we just happened upon brokenness. Mm -hmm. uh, And that's just, it's not true (laughs) no
0: well and the thing with the topic actually that is coming to mind as we're talking is racial injustice or social injustice like human trafficking or racial reconciliation i've been listening do you follow dr brenda salter mcneil Mm -hmm. yeah and she was talking about that some people don't even like to use the word reconcile to reconcile because when were things ever good right That you're getting to a re, you know, Mm -hmm. to reconcile it, but yeah, just thinking about the the church in general of, yes, we've come into a system, talking about what you were saying, coming come into a system, that is unjust, and we need to get to a point to mourn that, and that we, I just realized that (laughs) we just did a really deep dive, yeah. It's great. I love it. There's no other way. (laughs) But like, so I will speak for myself as a white suburban woman that there are ways that I have not contributed to it, but there are ways that I have benefited from it. That privilege that I have and recognizing that, mourning that it's not that way for everybody, that everybody doesn't have the same kind of privilege that I have and had and have and and then also being really honest about the the dark in my heart Mm -hmm. that because of the systems that I've grown up in or just the world that I've grown up in that there are some dark things in there that I need to bring out into the light yeah like you know I've heard myself say things that are no other way to say them than race, like to no other way to describe them than racist. But I'm not like, I would not say that I was a racist, and that feels icky to say that. But that is what the thing that I said or mm-hmm. what I believe that's what came up, mm-hmm. like as a visceral response to something. And I need to own that mm-hmm. and mourn that. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, Sorry, I took a way deeper dive than I meant to. No, it's great. <laughs>
1: It's the only way I know how. <laughs> um yeah, and I think that's that's the point of being able to talk about lament and to talk about mourning is that especially within the racial system of our world, these aren't these aren't thought patterns that you've chosen, but they're thought patterns that are there. Mm-hmm. And they're thought patterns that are real because of the system and the world that you were raised in. Mm-hmm. And and in reality we all we all have worldviews And we all have opinions and stereotypes and prejudices that were handed down to us or were displayed for us. Mm -hmm. And so once we figure out that that's not the way the world is or that that's not the way individuals or people are, we have to be able to lament the brokenness that got us to that place. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where with race and injustice, we shy away from lamenting. Because we think that it means ownership, and Mm, we think mm -hmm. that it means if I get up on a Sunday morning at my church and I lament white supremacy, people think that I'm saying we are all contributing to holding people back, which is true, but it's not always the choice that we made to hold people back. But once our eyes are open to it, if we can't lament that, if we can't say... God, this is so broken, and how are we supposed to cry out and to fix it?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, what are we how, doing? And and what am I doing that contributes to it? Mm-hmm. I mean, getting back to that personal lament of, I'm the only person I can change. I can't change anybody else. Yeah. And I, I think I just really struggle with
1: the church not being able to name those things and not mm-hmm. being able to publicly call out any sort of injustice in our world whether it mm-hmm. be race or gender or sexuality or human trafficking like any sort of place where the dignity of humans are being is being taken away or crushed mm-hmm. where people aren't being allowed to flourish if we can't lament that brokenness i i just don't i don't see how we're being the people of jesus mm-hmm. like all over the Bible, there's lament. All mm-hmm. over the places where God's people
0: are being crushed, they cry out to God and they ask for help. So, what does that look like? Because you know, I've heard, and maybe some listeners have heard, like Psalms of lament. Mm-hmm. So, what does that look like? And part of the conversation that you and I had had a while ago that led to this conversation was you talked about something you had done with the high schoolers that you pastor. So yeah. Will you talk a little bit about? that process?
1: Yeah. So we have we have a group of, uh, of youth pastors in our area that get together and plan a winter retreat every year. Well, last year was the first one. So this <laughs> is the second year too. But last year, uh, a friend of mine who's also a youth pastor, we were put in charge of the prayer room. And so we were trying to create experiences for high school students to engage in different types of prayer. And one of the themes that kept coming up a year ago. So it, that was the winter of uh, 2017. Mm-hmm. Nope, 2018. Yeah. Oh, it, it's 2019. <laughs> it's currently 2019. <laughs> but in the winter of 2018, we were talking about just the like unbelievable brokenness mm-hmm. of our world and that our students were not being taught how to really process all of those things. And we, we wanted to create space for them to learn how to lament because it's an it's an important skill set to have mm-hmm. and if we're not going to teach them what are we even doing but so we we pulled out some psalms of lament and we we talked through what are the different ways that we can lament and then kind of led them through this practice of lament and so we talked through how lament it always ends up in a place of like confidence in who god is mm-hmm. and hope in what we have for the future which is a great place to end with lament but you have to do the stuff ahead of that mm-hmm. before you can get to that hope so we put up um, the psalm that we used was psalm 13 and we put up on the wall psalm 13 and then gave them handouts of here are the different elements of a psalm and then encourage them to write their own their own psalm of lament, mm-hmm. um, thinking through it, whether it be a personal situation or something happening in the world to really give them the chance to practice what this looks like. And so we kind of walked them through the way to to lament and starting out with a call out to God and to to plea for help. When mm-hmm. you think back to even in, in Exodus where uh, the Israelites are calling out to God and crying for help, that's why God comes in and like frees them from Pharaoh. Like they cried out um, in and the he brokenness heard his people. and he heard his people. Mm-hmm. And so if we believe God hears his people, then we should be able to cry out and to list the complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the other part of a Psalm of lament. Um, you see, you see that in the Psalms, you see that with David's writing is that he's very honest about what his complaints are like with, his world. And I think when we we shy away from complaining because we think it's being ungrateful. But if it's if it's in our heart, God already knows it. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. if we're not gonna say it to him, then we're just holding it in our heart. Mm -hmm. We're not we're not putting it out there. And so to be able to name the things of that are wrong. And then you kind of have to go into a, a time of confession. So we talked about taking ownership of the part that is Ours to take mm-hmm. part of. But also there's some of the Psalms have more of a uh, an assertion of innocence. So more of claiming the truth that this is really something that's happening to me. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. I think especially like when you lament a health crisis, that that's not something that you did necessarily to bring upon yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's claiming like, I don't deserve this. And I know that I don't deserve this and it's still happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are other things that you're going to lament that there is uh, some sin that you need to confess. And so having that piece in it is really important also. And then the next part is my favorite, because it says curse of enemies. Um, (laughs) Which again, it feels like you're not supposed to to say or to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't think enemies even means like You know, Old Testament, they had enemies that were attacking them, Mm -hmm. um, like literal armies coming up against them. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that in our world today, the enemies have a face as much as they have uh, a sin pattern or a like my enemy of white supremacy, my enemy Mm -hmm. of human
0: trafficking, human
1: trafficking, my enemy of uh, of sexual assault. like that. Those are enemies that we have and to be able to like. Curse is a very
0: intense word, but to to say like. But it is all, it's all over in the prophets. It's all in the Psalms. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of cursing enemies.
1: Right. And Mm -hmm. to remember that in this Psalm of Lament, like the person you're speaking to is God. Mm -hmm. Like you're speaking to a good and generous God. You're not just cursing for the sake of cursing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) You're not you know gossiping or saying it publicly you're saying it to the the almighty god who is mm-hmm. going to be able to do something to to comfort you or to be in that space with you and then it turns to confidence in god's response and a hymn or a blessing as the ending and so we all of the stuff ahead of the confidence in who god is and trust in god's faithfulness and before the hymn or a blessing that concludes like a line of praise all of the stuff before that is some really intense truth-telling about the situation mm-hmm. um, and crying out to God. And I think that's that's the part of lament that we don't spend enough time in or we try to rush other people through that process. I think especially when we're uncomfortable mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. whatever it is that someone is lamenting. I've had friends, people of color, who have told me that every time something happens in the media or in um, there's a police shooting or um, somebody says something publicly that is just so racist that they have to go through these stages of lament every single time. Mm. Um, And we rush that for people. We say, well, that's just the way the world is. And you have to be able to like trust that God is bigger than that. But that truth telling, like we can't rush it. Like Mm. we can't rush people through their process of lament because especially or through their pain through their pain yeah mm-hmm. for people who are constantly experiencing racial injustice to tell them to rush through their pain is just it's another sense of oppression it's another sense of saying like your pain doesn't matter mm-hmm. and you should just be over this by now because God is bigger than that like yes God is bigger than that but we have to be able to name it like we have to say it mm-hmm. And again, because all of the writers of the Bible did it. Like, it's right. not like we're pulling this out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, all, like, all through the history of God's people, they were able to say their, like, say their pain to God.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so
1: why do we think that we can't do it? Why do we think that even Jesus in the garden, before he dies, calls out and, and asks God to take the cup of suffering away from him? Like, mm-hmm. even Jesus does it. So why do we think... That because we know who the resurrected king is, that that means we're not allowed to lament. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah. But he
0: ended that with?
1: Your will be done. Right. Right. Which is like. Right. The confidence of God's response. Right. Exactly.
0: That God's response is good. And we have to have confidence in that too. The part when you were talking about complaining, I kept thinking about the Israelites when they got tired of the manna, they wanted meat. Mm and God was like, I'll give you meat. (laughs) <laughs> and they had quail for breakfast and quail for lunch and quail for dinner until they were, like, so tired of yeah. having quail. <laughs> like, and the Israel, like, I mean, we see time again with the Israelites, like, they knew how to complain. They knew how to do it. They're, And they didn't have the Holy Spirit. That's what always amazes me. Do you know mm. what I Like, people mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, some, it tells us that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But the people that followed God... And had that relationship with him, without being filled with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. always is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. I'm taking us a little off topic. I didn't <laughs> need to <do> that. <laughs> That's okay. They they had trust.
1: They had trust in a way that was really different. Mm-hmm. And we, I talk about that with my students a lot. That even you know, even the Israelites, who a lot of the times like they made their lives harder than they it really needed to be, which mm-hmm. we do too, mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. But some of their uh, their wandering and their walking, not necessarily like away from God, but they're sometimes their, sometimes like mm-hmm. their choices that they made. They still complained mm-hmm. when it was their own choices, and so that's also like that's lament too. Is being able to say, you know, like I lament that I I made this choice and I fell into this this sinful thing, and I'm going to confess that mm-hmm. and be confident that God is going to forgive me that God has already forgiven me that God has already done all that he needs to do for me to have forgiveness Mm -hmm. and I just
0: have to be able to like accept that and walk into freedom so you said that you when you were in seminary you that was the first time that you were being introduced to this idea of lamenting has there been something in your life that you've had to lament or a process of lament that's been really impactful for you I was actually reflecting on this uh, last week as I was thinking
1: through our conversation was, even though I never felt like anyone taught me in my early faith journey how to lament, Mm -hmm. one of the places where I saw lament the most uh, was through my youth pastor, my high school youth pastor. Mm -hmm. High school was a rough time for me and for my family. And there were times that I would go to her and I would just – I would be so hurt and frustrated that, like, I had given my life to Jesus Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, I expected it to be this, like, and now everything's perfect, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, which no one told me that. Like, that's
0: not like somebody was like. Not explicitly, but I think. Implicitly, we get right. that message. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the joy of the
1: Lord means that life is never going to be hard again, and like, or that joy equals happy. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I there was still things in my life that were really hard, and I remember um, one specific time where I was just like really broken, and her response to me was simply, "I'm really sorry,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there was no. There was no advice. There was no like turn your eyes upon Jesus. Mm-hmm. and but just in the moment of being able to sit with me in the pain of that was so like tangibly like we call it the ministry of Presence. Like we talk mm-hmm. about that a lot, especially with youth, just being there in those dark and hard moments and just saying like, I'm sorry that that this is this is the reality of life right now. And then throughout life, I think, especially after my dad died, Lamenting that pain and lamenting a loss of relationship and a loss of the the hope of a relationship. My dad struggled most of his adult life with alcoholism and eventually it took his life. And Mm -hmm. to not be able to look forward to a life with him sober Mm -hmm. felt really unfair and is unfair. Mm -hmm. Like it's Mm -hmm. unfair... That brokenness robbed me of having an adult relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. That's not fair, and so having to figure out a way to lament that and to continue lament that as as I grow and as my life changes and mm-hmm. different milestones um, come, different milestones come and different things happen in my life that it would have been great to share those things with him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's my like very personal lament. But corporately, too, I think, as a pastor, I lament the brokenness in the church that causes people to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with youth, I work with young adults, and to watch them walk away from the church because of some sort of pain that they were they were given by the church
0: and there is no pain like that kind of pain, yeah, like pain from the church, yeah and and friends
1: in my age group that I sit and listen to hear the things that church has done to them or the community has done to them just breaks my heart. And mm-hmm. I lament that this thing that I love so much, this this body of Christ that I have given my life to quite literally mm-hmm. can also cause so much pain and so much brokenness hurts. And I lament that we've come to this place Mm -hmm. or that we've gotten to this place
0: because that won't stop. People will not stop hurting people because we just can't, (laughs) we can't, we just don't know. (laughs) But if we could add like what you said, if we could add lament into the church, if we could add lament into the process, Mm -hmm. that could be a real game changer that Mm -hmm. could cause a whole shift. I mean, if, if there was space for people who were hurt to come back and to say how they were hurt, And to be heard. Yeah. Without, I I was just talking to somebody recently about getting feedback about something and how I would, like, I want to jump to defend or jump to explain. And I had to keep telling myself, no, just sit and listen. Mm -hmm. Just sit and listen and say, thank you for your feedback. Mm -hmm. And that's really, that's really hard. Yeah. But I think that's what it takes. And you can say if you disagree or not to, to create that kind of space, safe space for this kind of lament, for yeah. this kind of mourning. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think we want to defend. I think mm-hmm. we want to say, well, yeah, but maybe maybe what they meant was this. And mm-hmm. and there are moments where I'm with my friends that have been hurt by the church, and they are tearfully telling me their story. And in reality, there is no defending somebody else's actions, when, especially when you don't know what those actions were. Mm-hmm. Like when I hear – The pain in some of my friends' voices, I could say, well, maybe you misunderstood what that that person meant, or maybe you don't fully know the whole story, or maybe this, or maybe that. But the reality is their pain is real, Mm -hmm. and their experience is real. And something in that situation had lasting damage in their life. And I don't think we can go back and say this is how we fix that. Mm -hmm. I think we have to be able to say like, I'm sorry that that hurt and I'm sorry that that's broken. Mm -hmm. Can we find a way forward? Mm -hmm. And I think the, the openness and the vulnerability of saying the church is broken. Like Mm -hmm. we are broken people trying to figure out how to worship God together. Like Mm -hmm. that's what the church is. Mm -hmm. We are not perfect. We will never be perfect. We will never do things a hundred percent. Right. That brokenness is community, and that brokenness is, you know, Paul. Paul tells us to bear with one another, and I think that's what it means. Like that's you don't bear with somebody only in happy times, right? You right. Know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, just knowing lament doesn't always have to be defended, mm-hmm. and I think
0: that's where that's where we get it wrong. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, it makes me think of Job and Job's friends mm-hmm. and how they got it right at first, just sitting with him. And then they opened their mouths. Right. And then things just, went downhill from there. Just don't. Just don't open. <laughs> but that sitting. And it is uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable to sit with someone who's grieving, someone who's in pain, someone who's going, who's lamenting. That is un- that is uncomfortable. It can be uncomfortable. But I, I think we need to learn Learn it. It's a skill. I mean, I think it's a skill that can be learned, right? And if
1: you if you sit in that pain, that pain is not forever. Mm-hmm. That lament is not forever. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do it, the only way to get to the celebration and the the transformation, is through lament. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't skip that part. And that's I think that's where we want to skip that part.
0: Mm-hmm. An example I gave a few episodes ago was it's like going to Easter without Good Friday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you don't go through the suffering, Easter doesn't mean as much. Right. There's not
1: the high high if there's not the low low. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes that happens quickly. Sometimes that takes a long time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, skipping lament is not not an option.
0: So you were having the students do that and they were doing that on their own, Mm -hmm. like between them and God. Yeah. And what we've been talking a little bit bit about is between people, between Mm -hmm. friends. And it's made me think a little bit about a friend shared an interview that Oprah had done with Brene Brown, Mm -hmm. talking about safe people. Mm -hmm. And I'll put it in the show notes. It was just fantastic. What she was talking about is you go to somebody and share something with them, pain or some downfall or something about yourself and then she was giving the responses that you sometimes the unhelpful responses that you sometimes give and I was like oh my gosh I think I've <laughs> said those I think I've said those things I think I've sometimes said those things and really wanting to I guess lamenting oh my gosh I don't want to do that I want to be a person that it's safe space to just actually what I'm trying to do with this whole series on spiritual formation create the space to just to be where you are and to let God meet you there and be honest with it. Yeah, and find safe people in your life to go through that process mm-hmm. with.
1: Yeah, we've I've talked about that a lot um, recently with some of my friends. That there are there are safe spaces, mm-hmm. there are safe people. I think especially in the last probably about six months that I've really figured out. That I need to start using my voice more and to speak up more on um, some issues of gender and some issues of race in my own life. And that that's really, really hard, especially as a pastor, Mm -hmm. especially when you're calling out a system that you are fully a part of. Mm -hmm. When I talk about what it's like to be a female pastor and how hard that can be sometimes – not all the spaces that I need to call that out in are safe, but I have safe people who give me the space to lament and give me the space to just fully pour out Mm -hmm. and express the pain of being a biracial woman in this world right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's really interesting to me is that I would say the top, and currently like face to face in my life right now the top like 4 to 5 people are white men and women mm-hmm. which i never really expected to be able to bear my like soul of racial injustice mm-hmm. to but they have chosen to provide that space for me that's safe Because I think there's a difference between that's safe space Mm -hmm. and then there are other spaces that need to be brave spaces where it's not necessarily safe. I'm going to say things in those spaces that are brave but are not safe because I don't know how people are going to react or I don't Mm -hmm. know how people are going to.
0: They may not know you as well as the safe space
1: people. Right. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. they may not have done the self work to be safe for another person. Mm -hmm. All of the people that are my safe people have done a lot of work on what it means to check their privilege, um, Mm -hmm. especially the white men. Um, They've done a lot of work to, to make sure that they are being safe um, and that they are not taking their privilege for granted. Mm -hmm. They can't lay their privilege down. The fact of the matter is that they will always have privilege, Mm -hmm. but not to take it for granted and not to, allow it to fill the room the way that it usually does. Mm. Those are my safe people. My brave people are people who are going to enter into the conversation with me and try to get it right, but they probably won't. Mm. But that's how they do the self-work, and that's how they figure Mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. But for someone like me, I have to have the safe spaces in order to have the brave spaces, Mm -hmm. in order to be brave in the brave spaces. And then there are just spaces that are full-on unsafe, like they're just full on, if I enter into that conversation, it is going to be hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes and that's cost. a choice I make. And yeah, and it's going to cost. In one of your past uh, episodes, you talked about Austin Channing Brown's book. Mm-hmm. and um, I was just sitting here
0: thinking about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And when she talks about about that process, I resonated with that because there are spaces where I'm going to say things and it's going to be hard for people to hear. And it's just, they may come back at me with... Other things, and that's a choice that I make because I want to share my story, mm-hmm. but for every moment like that, there are also those moments where I get a tender response and a thank a thankful response of people saying like, "Thank you for sharing this part of you with us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and for trusting us in that space and that kind of pushes me forward. But if I didn't have my safe people to lament when I feel broken. I wouldn't be able to walk into those other spaces and be brave. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so much of Brene's pushing people to be vulnerable and to be brave is that that's the only way we're going to create change. When Mm -hmm. we talk about Mm -hmm. wanting the church to be better at anything, the only way we're going to be able to do that is to have brave conversations. And we have to be able to do that through lament and through honesty and truth telling. Because without the truth telling, we're never going to be safe spaces. Or brave spaces Mm -hmm. will only be unsafe spaces. So pastorally, I want to create that space for my students. Mm -hmm. I want to give them the chance to be able to do that work because really our youth are the ones leading the charge on changing the church, Mm -hmm. on understanding what it means to live in a multiracial world. My students' schools are more diverse than most of the other spaces that they're in. And so for them to be able to learn how to do that well Mm -hmm. um, is really key. And part of my job, even though I serve at a mostly white church, our students' worlds are not mostly white. Mm -hmm. So they have to learn how to be able to talk about hard things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a super deep dive. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think it's just a good life skill anyway. I mean, even apart from the conversation about racial reconciliation, there are going to be people who have pain that we need to be able to sit with, Mm -hmm. sit with them in that pain. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. And I especially like what you said about your safe spaces are what enable you to be brave in -hmm. the brave spaces. Yeah. I think that's important that we have those supportive people that we can be honest with and they can say, as you are saying things, they can go... Okay, this is her processing like they can sift through, do you know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. can say all the words and they'll have grace for you in the process, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah and i'm I'm really thankful, and i it's a a blessing and a privilege to have that many people in my life that have done hard self work to be able to be safe spaces for me, mm-hmm. but I also have to have my my friends of color mm-hmm. <clears throat> my friends that that get it. Without me having to explain why mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this comment was hurtful or this thing was was hard or why this news day is difficult, that we can just exchange a message or a look or the knowledge of like this is painful. Mm-hmm. We both know it. We we don't have to talk about why it's painful. <laughs> like we're we just, just get it. We're there, mm-hmm. and to to push each other forward and to to rally alongside of one another. Those are those are really important people too. Mm-hmm. So you gotta you gotta find your. Your people you gotta mm-hmm. find your your community that's gonna help you mm-hmm. and I'm just thankful that here in the last year and a half that I've lived in Minnesota I've found those people who can be be my people
0: mm-hmm. it's really remarkable like <laughs> how I mean you're that part of your story how God just set it up and brought people into your life yeah mm-hmm. especially like Because your change was quick. And then, like, the community that's been built has God's fingerprints all over it. Right. I think through,
1: like, uh, on Sunday, this past Sunday morning, we had a baptism service. And I had the privilege of baptizing four of my youth. And there's a moment in the service where I tell them to look out at, like, their community and their people to just sink in this, like, moment of being baptized within a community of believers who have walked alongside of them and helped Mm -hmm. them develop and i looked at all of them and i looked out at our community and i remember just being like man god like you are if i've ever doubted if i've ever doubted your Mm -hmm. faithfulness like and i don't but like when i do like these are the moments where i have to look out and just be like i've only been here a year and a half i've only known these people for a year and a half and there are people in this congregation there are people sitting out there that are just i don't know what i would do without them Mm -hmm. i literally don't know what my life would be like without them Mm -hmm. and i didn't know they existed a year and a half ago right (laughs) like not even a clue Mm -hmm. so yeah god is god is so faithful and having that helps me get to the confidence after lament Mm -hmm. because i know I know he will, he will come through every time.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there anything about lament that we haven't talked about? I don't think we so. Sure we talk about? To wrap up this part of the conversation, would you read Psalm 13 for us? I will. So this is Psalm 13,
1: and I chose the NIV version. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me.
0: Amen. Amen. So the way that we always end episodes is with two questions. Mm-hmm. So the first is, because it's called Retreat House, how do you retreat? Is it a Or how, what does it look like now? It may have been different a year ago. Yeah. When you were on before.
1: A year ago, I think I talked about finding spaces to retreat which is still really true for me. Mm-hmm. But today I'm also really excited because we have a retreat this weekend. Our church goes up to the, the camp that our denomination runs up in McGregor, Minnesota. And so I leave on Friday to go and retreat with my church community, which mm-hmm. I'm really excited mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. And we don't program a lot as a staff. We have a service together one of the evenings, but mostly it's just fun and fellowship and enjoying the winter. So I will head up early on Friday afternoon to be able to spend some time quietly before the whole group comes up. But yeah, just getting away, putting my phone away, and just enjoying the space from my real life is really – I'm looking forward to that retreat this weekend. Mm -hmm. So. Nice. It's going to be good. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then the other question is, if you were to use the hashtag celebrate weird (laughs) to describe something about yourself, what would that be? Yeah, I think if I have to celebrate weird
1: right now, it's that my my life is weird. Mm -hmm. My world is, you know, equal parts youth ministry and everything else. And Mm -hmm. so there's the weirdness of just what my job is we've talked we (laughs) talked about this last time the weirdness of of youth but I've had some people come in my life in the last few months that are totally different than I am Mm -hmm. and are totally just see the world really differently than I do and it's been really great to see how many like how just God creates all these different people Mm -hmm. and that I may not really ever understand fully all of the things Mm -hmm. that they are talking about or Mm -hmm. um, that they love but having them share what they love with me is awesome Mm -hmm. and is great and that they don't make fun of the fact that I'm weird like uh, (laughs) okay the actual celebrate weird moment that I had this weekend was that I have this weird tendency when I don't really know what to do Like, as you're saying, like, the long Minnesota goodbye Mm -hmm. of, like, you're just still talking and you're kind of walking away. Like, when I'm all done with that, because even before I moved to Minnesota, I was really good at Minnesota goodbyes, I would do this weird little, like, curtsy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, yep, Mm -hmm. it's super (laughs) weird. Uh, Loving all things British. I
0: love that it's a curtsy. Right? It's Mm -hmm. so great. And so
1: I did it on Sunday morning with two of my friends, and they were, like, did you just curtsy? And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm bringing that back. Like I used to do it all the time, and now I'm, I'm doing flying it. Again. That like flag. we're just, I'm weird. <laughs> it's totally fine. I spend you know seventy percent of my life with high school and middle school students, so a curtsy is what's going to come out sometimes. I love that. Uh, so that's the real, the real vulnerable, celebrate weird <laughs> moment of my life. <laughs> but I curtsied, and they were like.
0: What? okay that's weird that's fine funny thank you <laughs> yeah being so honest and thank you for coming back and talking about yeah. and having another conversation always so great i love it thank you for joining us today at the table any information mentioned in the show or things we talked about can be found in the show notes if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe or if you've already subscribed, please leave a review so that others can find us too. If you want to keep up on what's happening with Retreat House, you can find us on all the social medias at, at Retreat House Podcast. If you want to keep up with what's happening with me, you can find me at, at Angie Smith MN. We'll see you next week at the Retreat House Podcast.